0: Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your host, Tom Zappala and Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli.
1: Hey, Rico, I got to ask a question.
0: May I
2: Welcome, ask? everybody, to the show. We're really glad you're watching and listening. Uh, can I ask
1: you a question? Yes. So, I bought this hat. Wow. When you played for this team, Wise guy. here we go. Seriously. Yeah. Did you play shortstop at third base? Both. Really? Yeah. In the 1912, did you, do you still have the gloved, those little oh, yeah, gloves? I,
2: I do, I really do, but uh, yeah, it's kind of rotting, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's made out hey, of tea leaves. What I bought this at Mickey's
1: place. Oh, nice in New York. In what the year group, was that? Rich 1912. 12. Right. I bought a bunch of them, you know, I'm, I'm gonna kind of nice. mix it up. I got some St. Louis, I, I have a, a, a Monarch's. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, cool. It's good pretty for you. cool. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappa, Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petrocelli. We have a special guest in studio with us because he's visiting his daughter in Boston, New Orleans, Steve Lane. Everybody named actually we've made you famous. Yeah, right. You realize that? About Why? time we have How? some class How? on here. I want to hear this one. Well, because you were a collector, but we got the word out that you lived in New Orleans, right. you're a retired lawyer right. that is now like the Morgan and Morgan of the collectibles world. Okay. You wrote a book that is actually a phenomenal book. Thank you. I'm just kidding. We love, uh, Steve's been, he's been with us since day one. We're thrilled. Uh, We have a good show today. Uh, We've got our good friend, Leighton Sheldon from Vintage Breaks slash Just Collect. Uh, We have John Tarby from JT Sports coming in a little later. And then our good friend, Guitar Ray Forneo, who's got a podcast Every year they have the Card Collectors Hall of Fame voting. We're going to bring Ray in at the very end of the show for a couple of minutes. But first, I repeat first, our oh, headline SGC 9, 1952 Topps Mantle coming to auction. Rick, another SGC 9. Another one, huh? A year after it sold in 1952 Tops and Mickey Mantle graded SGC 9.5 for a record-smashing 12.6 million bucks, mm-hmm. Heritage Auctions will offer a similar gem that's also expected to bring a price well within the millions. The company will offer an SGC 9 Mantle in its upcoming Summer Platinum Night Auction. According to Heritage, Discard 2 traces its origin to the famous... Alan Rosenfein, a virtually untouched, 1952 tops, high numbers in 1986. I'm not going to get into the particulars. If you want to read the article, uh, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. That's Sports Collectors Daily. Our good friend, Rich Miller, and the staff, they do a great job. But I don't think you knew Al Rosen, Mr. Mint. No, no, I didn't. Because uh, you were at the, sh- at the Shrine as he was there every day. And Ellen and I became good friends with us, with him, because we used to set up right next to him. And actually, we were there the last year he was there. Mm. Uh, we're going to bring Leighton in right now. Leighton Sheldon. Uh, Leighton, uh, first of all, welcome, Leighton. Thanks for having me, guys. Leighton, Mr. Mint, uh, what kind of an impact did he have on the hobby? Oh,
3: it was huge. He was the first person to you know, really use PR to not only, if you will, announce some of his epic finds and get press for them, but I have no doubt that it led to a lot of leads coming into him because of the notoriety they got you know during that time and when you consider that he did a lot of that foundation building of his career as Mr. Mint in the hobby pre-internet it's very impressive i mean he uh, always and- had remember the cash always had the cash in his hand and at the
1: at the shrine show i guess all the shows he always had just a stack of cash on him that's how he used to pay oh, cash nice. right yes yeah. <laughs> yes he did unbelievable Hi Leighton, uh, we got a lot to discuss. Steve, you can jump in anytime you want. Um, right, right out of the gate, any good surprises that Vintage Breaks slash Just Collect has uh, going into the national for the uh, for the
3: crowd there? I appreciate you asking. So uh, it is an exciting time of year, uh, as you and uh, Rika were both part of probably the. The best live moment at the National ever. Absolutely. Uh, a few years that ago, when we great. opened up a 1955 <laughs> Bowman baseball solo pack. So, we're not going to be opening up somebody from the 1950s, but in conjunction uh, with uh, Fanatics Live and their new app uh, and our website, vintagebreaks.com, Vintage Breaks is proud to announce that we are bringing a 1967 Topps Second Series baseball rack pack as our featured pack we're going to break at the National. Wait. The reason why that series is so significant, yeah, it is known as the Mickey Mantle series. Wait a second. Wait a
1: second. Do you realize that there may be a Rico Petrocelli card in there?
3: <clears throat> if he's in the second series, then it's possible. Right? right? You don't know what series you were in, do you? In 67? <laughs>
2: Uh, I think it was number 41. That,
3: <laughs> the first series. But that's great that you know your card number. You know? I,
2: I have a card in 67.
3: <laughs> well, I know you have a card in 65, and even though I don't have it in front of me, I'm going to bring it to the National, and I put out the NFS. And for those that don't know, if you see that in the dealer's booth at the National, you might ask, why is the guy bringing something? What does that, even, that code mean? It means not for sale. So, Rico, when we started to forge this blossoming relationship that you and I have over the last several years uh, and friendship, I decided when I saw it at auction, it seemed affordable. Candidly, I thought you were undervalued. And I bought uh, – I don't know how many copies are in existence, but there's not many. And I have your PSA 10 rookie card, 1965 65 tops. That's a great cut. NFS, not for sale. That's a great That's because nobody wants it, By the way, I have
1: it, and I'm going to bring it in at a later date. And? I purchased – Listen to this, Layton. In a moment of weakness, in a moment of weakness, and after one and a half martinis, <laughs> I purchased from our good friends at Gray Flannel Auctions a 1970 game-used Rico Petricelli jersey signed in 1970 by Rico Petricelli.
3: That's awesome.
1: You know what i am doing? You know, Very exciting. I tried it on. I couldn't get it on my arm. <laughs> Come on. How much did you weigh in 67? 170 pounds? Uh,
2: let's see, 67, 165. Yeah. 165 pounds. It's yeah. a nice shirt, though. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hang prominently so Rico, in my office. Rico,
3: during your playing days, or at least early on, were ball players lifting weights during the season off-season, or, and that wasn't really done?
2: We weren't allowed. Every really? team, yeah, <clears throat> you know I'm you can do you. you can do the yeah. other push-ups and all that stuff, but they didn't want us to lift weights. There was none in the clubhouse, and uh,
1: but um, you know, we thought, that, geez, that makes sense, you know. So, so one of your one of your ex-teammates kind of turned that all around in '75. Freddie Lynn, Freddie
2: Lynn, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he started on the machines, Nautilus, uh, Nautilus machines, and then everybody went into that, and of course, um, you know. I don't know how many years ago. Now they, you should see some of these uh, rooms with, with all the weights. It they're enormous. Is, is the these Red teams, Sox? Is, is, oh yeah, I mean they have every machine, you know, that's invented, plus all the weights, you know, on the bar. It's just. Well,
1: you, a, you know something, uh, Leighton Rico has mentioned this many many times. L- using Mantle as an example, Hank Aaron, uh, those guys were not big. No, right? No.
2: One seventy five, one eighty. Uh, Mantle was a little bigger, even when he first came up. He's, I think, he was about one eighty-five or ninety or something. Uh, but Mays, one eighty, you know, five eleven. Hank Aaron, Hank was one seventy-five. He's about six feet tall. So
3: Rico, do you think if there was more weightlifting and it was more prevalent in the fifties and sixties, would there have been more home runs hit? Possibly, you know, could could be, you
2: know, I, I, we don't know. But uh, kind of bulking up a little bit. Now we know there's no problem with it, because they do well, it. And they lift some heavy
4: stuff. Yeah, well, but not just, not just that. <laughs> they they it's not It was not as advanced as it is now. I mean, right, between yeah. the doctors and the trainers that they have now, they didn't have that in the 50s and 60s. And also, you had the ballplayers in the 50s and 60s had to work a second job when the season was over. That's they true. weren't worried about Five necessarily, years. you know, Uh, Working out with a personal trainer In the off season Because they were making enough money During the baseball season That they didn't have to Guys were selling cars Selling
1: insurance Doing whatever Digging graves Oil company Richie Hebner I worked five years So I'm going to ask Yeah right You worked in an oil company Yeah Gibbs Oil Right But I'm going to ask the three of you a question Go ahead When you played Yeah I mean Why there were. It seems as though there were fewer arm injuries with pitchers yeah. than there were today. Why?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they threw more innings. Uh, <clears throat> there That's- were guys who, who did hurt their arms. A rotated
1: cuff. Once you got that, you're done. But how many guys pitched 200 innings, Rico? When? Complete games when you played. Oh, yeah. Right? What? What? So, well, so I
4: don't know that there were less arm injuries. I think because these players, <clears throat> and even Mantle said it, when you were on a one-year contract and you had no guarantees, you had to go out there and play; yeah. otherwise, you're going to lose your job. If Mickey Mantle had had a five or ten-year contract like some of these guys have now, he could take a few days off and not worry about, you know, not having a job. Leighton.
2: But Steve, Leighton, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, the guys now—they get in a little trouble; they're gone. If a guy in my era and before, maybe a little after. Uh, if, they, if they gave up four runs in the third inning, they didn't come out. They stayed in. They you know, get through it,
1: and hopefully they'd score runs. And that happened a lot. Unbelievable. All right, so Layton, let's talk about uh, the Nationals. So you've got, you've got the 67
3: uh, set. Anything else you want to talk about? Because uh, I know you always have stuff going on. Yeah, I'm really excited. This year in particular, I'm setting up with a really good friend, Darren Ravel. Uh, formerly of ESPN, now works uh, for uh, Action Network. Yep. Uh covering sports, really anything and everything from sports betting uh, to Cars, memorabilia. and, of course, Darren is very... Been around for uh, years. Passionate. Yeah, he's yeah. very passionate about yep. tickets. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm also excited as, like, the calendar starts to fill up really fun stuff. You know, like Friday night, there's a dinner. Thursday night, there's a gathering of a bunch of social you know, media people in the hobby. So really looking forward to that, and, of course, the bread and butter of the whole thing is getting there, seeing it all unfold, uh, at least for me, in front of my eyes. When I get there, uh, I get there Monday. So I'm there literally, you know, 7.45 a.m. on Tuesday, even though they don't let you in, pick up your badges till 8. And I let the floor kind of start to fill up and take some video, have some fun, hopefully buy some good stuff. Uh, and see some old friends.
4: So we're really looking I have to a it. question. Uh, can you explain to people who are watching the show who may not have experience in it how exactly your break of this of this rack pack is going to work?
3: Sure. Very carefully. <laughs> now, so uh, if there's 36 cards the in it. There's three 12-card uh, seller packs. So there's 36 cards total. And we will sell uh, each spot by the cards. In other words, if you buy one spot, Steve, you're going to get one card. If you have a few martinis like Tom might do tonight, you might buy three spots, which means you get three cards, and so we'll sell it until we sell all 36 spots. After all 36 spots, um, we're going to break it. However, even if it breaks, excuse me, even if it sells out earlier the next Saturday, uh, I believe that we're scheduled to open the pack on the Fanatic stage with Jeff Wilson. I'll confirm the time with everyone, and you know, make a post about it on the social media across IG and Facebook. Um, but we're looking to break it live from the national. Uh, you know, we're hoping to get that same luck and catch some lightning in a bottle the way we did those years ago. That Diego. was that was quite memorable, quite and memorable. It, Collectors got to go, got to go to the – How uh, do people get involved?
4: How much does it cost?
3: What do they need to do if they want to buy a card? Sure. So it's going to be likely listed uh, on the Fanatics app. So I do want to clarify that I'm not sure yet if it's going to be for sale at vintagebreaks.com or through the Fanatics new live app. Um, but I will let everyone know in the next couple of days. And in terms of the cost, I believe it's five ninety five dollars per spot. But don't hold me to it. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but it is very cool. And for those of you that don't quite know how Topps issued baseball cards in 1967, they did it by series. So you're not trying to get a Mickey Mantle out of the 600-card set. You're trying to get it out of the second series, which, give or take, let's say, is 100 cards. So even though it's certainly not guaranteed, you have a lot better of a chance to get the Mickey Mantle out of a second series rack pack. Then, for example, if there was an all series rack pack, and all the cars were possible and, one through six.
4: And eight. one more thing, just to make sure, when you said five ninety five, you meant five hundred ninety five dollars. I thought it was not five dollars and ninety five cents. That's what I thought. was the
1: check that Rico was going to write. Rico was going <laughs> to. I was going to buy about ten of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, Leighton, uh, sticking to Jeez. sticking to fanatics uh, for a moment. <laughs> Um, fanatics has, obviously they've made a, an absolutely tremendous imprint on the hobby. Um, what is your take on the direction that fanatics is going? Is it good for the hobby? Is it, I, I mean, I think it is, but is it, what's, what's your take? Is, is it going to become a fanatics empire and everything else
3: comes under that? Sure. Why well, is suspect they would like that, right? You know, they, they put a lot of uh, money into it. They're going to put a lot of resources, a lot of uh, human capital, Um, But ultimately, I'm excited from the standpoint or from the standpoint of being a collector, being a dealer, wearing all these different hats, because I think they're making a large investment. And so as great as Topps was, as great as Upper Deck is, as awesome as Panini is, and also I love the guys at PSA and SGC, I feel as though those respective places are often doing things what's good for their company. And I think that's okay. right? I do things that are good for my companies all the time. However, when you talk about what Finanx is trying to accomplish, I believe they understand or I'm hoping that they understand the card and collectible ecosystem, the landscape. And they're looking at it from this you know, 10,000-foot view and understanding that they're not trying to make a certain amount of money in year one or year two or even year three. They're looking at it from a five- or 10-year growth plan. Um, and I think that it's going to potentially, let's say, cause some changes. And I'm sure well, if you're uh, in the hobby – you're aware of some of those that already are well, starting to let Well,
1: let's hop in that for a minute. So, sure. again, I'm not holding What's, your feet to the fire. Saying? This is just, just one hop, hop, um, hop, on hop, hop. Hop on that. Hop h o p. on that. H-A-R-P. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Uh, does Fanatics, do you see Fanatics at some point in time uh, buying the uh, PSA Empire or the SGC
3: Empire at some point in time? Uh, I don't think they're going to buy PSA. Um, You know, this is purely speculation. I've not talked to, you know, the folks at these respective places. Um, I do think that it would make a lot of sense for them to buy a leading grain company. However, and I don't have their financials in front of me, I thought or I'm under the belief that either Rubin or Fanatics owns a big stake in CSG. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It is, yes. Uh, So if that's the case, unless – and it wouldn't be shocking if they did this, unless they divested themselves of that ownership – I don't think they're going to own a substantial portion of that company and then for argument's sake, STC. But I do believe that Fanatics understands that grading is vital uh, to the hobby. It's vital to the collecting ecosystem. Um, And I think just like they just um, released some information about conventions ahead of the national, um, there's going to be an announcement. And sorry about that. Okay. Uh, There's a call coming in. Um, There's going to be an announcement probably sooner rather than later as far as their plans for grading. And it makes sense that they would because if they want people to be in their ecosystem and to never leave, grading is vital. So whether it be they scoop up a grading company or they expand on the already um, large investment they have uh, with CSG, um, anything's possible, but I, I would bet my bottom dollar that they'll be involved in grading in some way, shape, or form. What happened to Panini?
1: Asked a question. Well, I am. What happened to Panini? Panini, 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 Panini I thought they were But Panini is, is now, uh, explain to him, the Panini sure, slash. So, I
3: mean, Panini still manufactures cards, Rico. Yep. In a few years, they are going to lose their NBA uh, and NFL licenses to, to Fanatics, who's already bought it. Wow. Um, you know, Man. and as far as the other sports that Fanatics participates in, they still produce baseball, but they do that without a license. Um, the cards are very popular. Hmm. Uh, they produce soccer cards that are Ranging from you know cheap to expensive, and those seem to be very popular. Uh, so once again, I'm not you know privy to their financials. I haven't looked at them. Um, there's always a lot of rumors surrounding uh, fanatic. Excuse me, surrounding um, Panini. Panini and fanatics, or Panini and Upper Deck, or mm-hmm. Panini and some other suitor. But there's also a really good chance that they just continue to manufacture cards, and when they lose the license, double down on soccer. Maybe they're going to. I'm I'm trying to be half facetious, but also half serious. Maybe they're going to start making pickleball cards, right? Pickleball well, is taking over the I mean, you know, when you, really Jeez, think,
1: yeah. when you really think about it, I mean, Panini's a European company. Yeah. And, I mean, soccer really is their bread and butter, isn't it, Leighton? Yes. I mean, in the world. I'm saying, you know, yeah. oh, take oh, baseball sure. and basketball, put it aside. But soccer is huge in, in Europe, and uh, that is their, their, their bread and butter. Um, hmm. You have That's a 33
3: true. Gaudi set break going on, too? We do. Uh, once again, if you start drinking this evening, Tom, it's a really <laughs> good place uh, to check out, um, vintagebreaks.com. You guys It's a great break, me. I've heard. <laughs> There's about 40 spots left, and we've actually put uh, – I'm not sure how much you guys are familiar with this terminology, but we placed a bounty, not a bounty hunter. We placed a bounty on the set to try to close it out because we'd like to break it during the week of the national. So I believe – um, there's about 40 or so spots left. I think it's $650 per spot, and it contains all four roofs, uh, both Garrigs, does not, does not contain the nap, you know, the rarity. Um, however, there's about 50 cards or so graded uh, with SGC in there, most of the Hall of Famers, if not all the Hall of Famers in the set. And, um, Steve, because I feel like you're going to ask this next, in case you're out there and you don't know how a set break works, in the case of the 1933 Gaudi set break, if you buy one spot – for $650 on our website at vintagebreaks.com, that will entitle you to one random card from the 1933 Gaudi set. But we won't do the break. We will not complete it, perform it live on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash vintagebreaks until every single spot is sold out. And after that happens, we then schedule the break. We usually forty-eight hours after every spot is sold out. And the bounty I just mentioned, which is really fun, if we sell it out by, I think, next Friday or Saturday of the National, Everyone who is in the break will have a chance to win a T206 Thai Cobb. Wow. Um, SGC, I think it's a two, um, and it's a multi-thousand-dollar card. The Very reason cool. why we did that is because we want the break to sell out sooner rather than later. Makes so we sense. thought this was a nice incentive. We are chatting
1: with Leighton Sheldon from Vintage Breaks and Just Collect. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Leighton's going to hang with us uh, about 10 more minutes. We're going to do have a commercial break. And when we come back, two things I want to talk about the card store, and crime in the hobby. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since
4: 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardcode.com or call 303-840-2784
3: for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property Homeowner's insurance is all most people need, but for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia
5: collection. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB
3: Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more.
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices.
2: How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com.
1: Okay. (laughs) You know, we're going to talk after you and I. That's That's not my job. I know. All right, it is time. We're supposed to have the oh, yeah, that's intro right. music to On Deck with Rico. Hey, I can
4: do it really quick. When
1: do it.
0: Number one in your hearts and number <laughs> 10 in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's now time for On Deck with Rico. That's about Patrick, right. So. Jesus. Does that yeah,
1: work? Yeah. I could have sung that. This week's question, we I asked Steve Lane, New Orleans Steve, to submit the question and you can ask Rico the on-deck question. And by the way, you're supposed to win a T-shirt. You're out. Uh, yeah.
4: no. Forget it. I'll live. <laughs> All right, Rico, here's the question. All right. What's the most memorable Mickey Mantle game that mm. you played in?
2: Played in a bunch of them, of
4: course. Uh, you played <clears throat> in years you played
2: against them. Yeah. Uh, I would say my first first game in Yankee Stadium, Whitey Ford pitched. and Of course, I got two hits off him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, he must not have been scuffed. Up he was drunk. He didn't have his ring on. He, he had, had, he had
1: on. just come in with Billy Martin and Mickey from uh, some bar. No, no he, <laughs> no, he
2: was seventy-two been. years old. So.
1: <laughs> it was a fantasy game. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, yeah. And I got a first, first time, and uh, they were my idol, uh, Mickey Mantle. I'm like, what do I do? Say hello. What year is this? Sixty-five. So you're a rook. Yeah. I mean, it was my first year. While well, I was 63. I came up. But anyway, uh, and I didn't know what to do. Should I say something to him? You know, what if he says, take a hike, you know, rookie? <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't do anything. Thankfully, the count went to 2-0. and uh, You know, ball one, I was able to come back. And then I was worried, you know, what if what if the hitter hits the ball and, uh, you know, won't, won't be around. And so it was Ball too. Finally, I was just ready to say, "Mick, hello, Mick." You know, my idol. That's pretty. and he turned around, and says, "Hey, Rico, how you doing?" And I went,
1: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> "How'd you answer him?" Not too bad, can Mick. I have your, <laughs> can I have your autograph? Not too <laughs> bad, Mick. Can
2: we stop the game? <laughs> you saw my
1: jersey. That is cool. Very cool story. So anyway. Uh, hey Leighton, um, st- I don't know if, uh, if, if you've seen on uh, social media this week. Uh, our good friend here, uh, Steve Lane, uh, sent uh, several pieces of memorabilia out to Heritage Auctions to our good friends at Heritage via FedEx. How many items?
4: Sent eight items.
1: Eight items of which how many were? Four actually made it to
4: Heritage. Four it's- of four which did not.
1: Four of which were stolen. <clears throat> in transit, um, most American likely an inside Starkey. job, and there were some very valuable pieces, Mickey Mantle pieces.
3: Oh my God.
1: But That's- the point being is, and we're going to talk about it after you leave uh, with Steve, point being is there has been a tremendous uptick in crime in this hobby, with break ins in stores, <clears throat> people stealing. Last year at the National, some, you know, there's always something going on at the National. What is your take on that, and how can we police that better?
3: Well, in the 30 seconds or so I have left, I'll do the best I can to answer it. Um, listen, have your wits about you. So, for example, I'm going to make a reel every day this week on Instagram. Follow me, Layton uh, underscore Sheldon on Instagram. I'm going to give out a tip uh, every week for, this thing, for the national. So this is one of the tips, and it's just about safety. All right? Listen, we all love our cards. We have great cards. But if you are bringing... One Of these fancy cases to the airport, that everyone in the hobby and to be fair, right? Even if you're not a hobbyist, but you're someone who's maybe engaging in some nefarious activity, you probably know that that person has something on them. Let me tell you, you're not going to know unless you know me personally that I'm going to have expensive cards on me going to the national, crossing the street, or coming back. So, please, whether it be you have a 15 year old kid going to the national, whether it be you're going with your kid to the national, I hope one day to be taking my son Crosby, who's eight, but please keep your wits about you because. If folks know that there's this concentrated amount of value, not just at the convention center, but kind of coming and going, then you don't want to be advertising in one of these fancy card cases, which I think are great for stores. I'm not knocking them, but just be careful. So on that note, uh, I wish I could stay longer. I do have to run. I sincerely appreciate um, you having me on your show today, and I look forward to Thanks. seeing you next week at the National. Leighton, we can't thank you enough. Thanks, uh,
1: You know, just uh, our best to you and your family, yeah. and you. looking forward to uh, – uh, you seeing you at the national. Go to vintagebreaks.com for more info. Take care. Take, take care. Be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to bring in is John on yet? No. Wait a second.
2: Okay. About the uh, we're talking about <clears throat> before that. That's a, a federal offense. I mean that's no, you know, just uh, federal ex- ex- uh,
1: federal offense. offense is not the word, Rick. We- no, but I'm saying these can, people. May, uh, may I ask, uh, ask, no,
2: him
4: ask him the value?
1: Ask Can yeah. what was? The, can we ask the well, value? I, yeah, sure.
4: I mean, hmm. it's hard to, to put a value on some of these items. The, the the three of the items were one of a kind. It was Mickey Mantle's 1956 Player of the Year award, hmm. uh, a slab card signed by Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, and Roger Maris. And uh, the last one was Mickey Mantle's personal photo book that they'd given him after he retired. They took photographs. Mm. It was his personal book, big brown book, says day to remember on it. And Mantle had signed it, said thanks, and I got those all one of a kind. (laughs) It's just really upsetting. So who knows what they were.
1: We have John with us, John Tarby from JT Sports. But you know what?
4: A good thing is that in a week, when I show up at the National, John Tobby is probably going to sell me three or four things that I currently don't need, but that I'll want to buy, because
1: that's the way he works. John, can you hear us? Oh, God, another one. I was just reading this book. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, John, we know we're talking about, and this, obviously everybody knows John Tobby from uh, JT Sports, the, the, the Batman, the only Batman in the country. John... We're talking about uh, Steve had uh, four items that were stolen uh, while he was sending them to Heritage for an auction uh, via FedEx. So we're talking about crime in the hobby. And uh, Leighton was just on how there's been such an uptick in crime, whether it be stores or at the national or uh, robberies. Uh, Have you noticed an uptick at all? I mean, what are are your thoughts on on crime in the hobby? And since you've been in this hobby for many years, have you seen an uptick? I can't call it an
6: uptick, but there has been, and I'm saying in the past couple of years, there's been two instances where uh, some sizable uh, thefts have taken place, uh, one on the West Coast and just recently here on the East Coast. I haven't had knock wood, you know, I haven't had any problems with, uh, you know, FedEx, UPS, any delivery services, but, uh, so I, I really can't say that I've seen an uptick, but I, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, the, the hobby, the strength of the hobby and the value of the merchandise that we've been, you know, everybody's been handling has really, uh, cascaded in the past few years. And, uh, you know, those numbers they get out. People are aware of what these things are worth. Are you
1: happy yeah, with the security uh, situation at the National? I mean, obviously, you have a beautiful exhibit. You have a beautiful booth. Are you happy pretty much overall with the security there? Well, so far, again, I'm knocking
6: wood. I haven't had any difficulty. Uh, the valuable material, I should say the very valuable material, it's all valuable, you know, goes into a safe uh, we lock it up in the evening, and uh, so far, uh, no problems. How about the Mickey Mantle bat? you have some of those?
1: No, I think Mickey he sold Mantle. them all to me. He doesn't own any of them. He, he, does, he, he, he buys it. Every time he has one, he buys Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know, I there. don't
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I don't want to mislead Steve in any way, <laughs> but I will have oh, Mickey's geez. 1952. Wow. I named that.
4: Well, that that, that doesn't do. Uh, game wait, which wait, 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 wait! I've got his fifty-three bat that I think. Let's see which one. No, no he sold me the nineteen sixty-two All-Star bat. Can I tell the story, John? Yeah, sure, can sure. Tell, you I, know, he, he knows I'm a sucker. He sold me. He <laughs> he he sold me Mickey Mantle's nineteen sixty-three game used glove. First, it wasn't cheap, <laughs> and there was no way I was going to FedEx it. To me, I flew through two rainstorms (laughs) to get from New Orleans to, was it Philadelphia or New Jersey, wherever... We met right. in the middle of the airport. It was like a freaking drug deal going down. <laughs> drug deal. I handed right. him a cashier's check. He handed me this black bag. I opened it to make sure it wasn't like you know. Um, it wasn't Horace Clacks. It, it wasn't. Jay, it wasn't <laughs> Jake Gibbs's glove. Right. And then I flew back through the same two rainstorms to get back to New Orleans on that one, but. Fast forward three or four years later. He knows I want Mandel stuff. I'm walking around. I've already spent who knows how much money at the National. And he says, Steve, I don't know if you're interested, but I've got Mickey Mandel's 1962 All-Star Game bat. And for people that don't know, they, only gave, they gave the players two bats to use in the All-Star Game that they would keep. Yep. And I said, well, okay, how much? And he gave me the price. And I said, John, well, that's a little, that's a little high. <laughs> he goes, well, what if I arrange it? So that the owner of the bat meets with you, hands you the bat, and you can take a picture with him. I'm th- I said, "John, what do I care? Who the, who the owner? I don't care who the owner." Well, he says, "Well, the owner is Reggie Jackson." Whoa. So, so I said, "Oh, well, will that be cash or credit card?" <laughs> and so uh, I bought the bat, and Reggie
1: was kind of well. Enough. Okay, so oh, let's 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 take this another step. So he has a 1952 right. game used Mickey Mantle bat. Right. So this is th- think about how this would look on your wall. You got the 52 mantle bat. Then, are you getting a percentage of sales? No, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna work him and, and Derek. Huh. Then, yeah. you make you, you put a bid in for the mantle nine SGC card, and on the wall, you've got the 52 mantle with the 52 bat under it. Doesn't get any better than that. I have a 52 mantle. Oh, yes. This is
6: going to cost it. me a million, I this it. is going to cost me five million,
4: million right? It's John, I, am I right? Hey, I see it, I see it. I see it. What going, kind of year going. did
2: Mandel have in 52?
4: 52, he hit over 300. I mean, it was a, oh, it was, it was a it <laughs> good year. It was, he made his first all-star team that yeah. year, was 52. Um, now, look, I, I might end sure. up
1: getting it. We're got. we going to have a follow-up on this, John, after the okay. National. It's going to be a follow-up on how New Orleans' Steve Lane made out as he was walking by the JT Sports booth. I'm going to make a prediction. My prediction is that that fine piece of memorabilia will wind up in the hands of one Stephen Lane.
4: Look, let me tell you how bad it is, okay, when I walk by his booth, all right? <laughs> I don't know if it was two years ago. I forget when it was. I would already spent six figures. On, uh, I, I bought... Uh, in fact, you interviewed me at that one. I think I'd I remember that. i bought a bunch of stuff. I'd bought a mantle bat. i bought Mickey Mantle's 1953 contract. I'd bought... I forget what. And I walk by his booth. I have no intention of buying anything. I'm <laughs> saying goodbye. <laughs> I'm going home. I've got to borrow money to pay for gas, you know, whatever. He says, well, I've got... Maybe you'd be interested in this. I got Billy Martin's 1977 jacket that he was wearing in the last game of the World Series when Reggie Jackson hit the three home runs and you see Martin mm. hugging Reggie Jackson. And I ended up buying that too. I mean, you know, what, what am I going to well, do? Steve, great I have stuff, two though.
6: pieces for you this year. Well, I what? have Lou Gehrig's cap yeah. from 1935. Yeah. Wow. And do you have, this is back to Mickey Mantle. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I have one of the, uh, the Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris signed bats commemorating the 115 home runs that they both had.
4: I have number 11 out of 115, so I am not buying that one, okay? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and what's funny, wait, on that bat, I bought that bat when it originally came out. It came out, the guy who was selling it, Tom Cattell, was Mickey Mantle's agent, friend. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I bought the bat for $125. It never arrived. It never arrived.
5: Oh,
4: boy. By UPS. And I don't know why it never arrived. I got my $125 back. Fast forward 20 years later when I could afford it. I bought it again. It was more than $125. (laughs) Had a couple of zeros. Hey, John, (laughs)
1: uh, and by the way, for our viewers and listeners, uh, we're going to be doing a series of of videos uh, walking the floor over the course of the couple of days that we're at the National. And we will be featuring them on the Great American Collectibles Facebook page uh, and some of the other platforms after the show, uh, we will be doing uh, every year we go to see John and we do it. Uh, it's just, it's an amazing rico. We've done it a lot of times. Yeah, We've done a video. Uh, so we're going to be uh, walking through John's booth and you can see some of the phenomenal, phenomenal stuff he has. John, anything you anything you don't feature one particular item at the national typically, like for instance. Uh, Heritage is featuring the Mickey Mantle card. Is there one item that you feature as just, hey, this is what I have?
6: Carl Yastrzemski, isn't it the one? Carl well, Yastrzemski, I, Yastrzemski
1: uh, bat? I, I,
2: will a Yastrzemski. Road, I will have the Yastrzemski.
6: I will have the Yastrzemski bat. Yeah. Uh, is that? Okay. Rico, I'm going to bring that 38-inch club of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be there, show, unfortunately. Just to show it to you. Gary. No, he won't be I there. Won't Rico's be got there. a Red Sox. Uh, no, I, I don't.
2: I thought you did. No, I'm um, visiting the your Veterans Hospital.
1: You have got to rest. You know. No. Yeah, no, I, yeah I, I can't. Another Red Sox gig. What, what do you want? I, I know that, but you got, you know, have you to gotta, go. I know you have to go because they're paying you big money. No, aren't aren't they having, I, they,
4: they, I heard they were having a Red Sox party because they finally got out of last place yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. that's right. They and,
1: surpassed the that's, Yankees. That's right. And guess, that's right. Yeah. That's guess right.
4: who's? I know. I knew I walked. Yeah, I I walked, I I walked but, into that. We will
6: have. We will have if you want to. You know, feature. Look. You know, I'll bow. Shohei Otani. We will have several game used bats of his, a
1: few of those. Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll Home run bats. We, we will feature that. Oh, you mean Shohei Otani, who could conceivably be playing for the Red Sox uh, yeah, before right. the end of the season?
6: Uh, by uh, the way, we're talking about he could be conceivably playing for a number of guys Dodgers, Yankees.
1: I know. Not Listen, I
6: take it back when
2: he won the MVP. I said the kid from uh, Toronto. Also, I thought because he was uh, a fielder, very good, decent fielder, anyway. But I will say it: Mutani is the best.
1: That's it. He's unbelievable. He's a great player. Oof. Yeah, he really. I mean, you've seen a lot, but he's he's. Oh up man! There. But you know he something? I still. How long has he been in the league now?
6: Five years, isn't it? Twenty eighteen, correct? Yeah he, needs, yeah, he
1: needs a little more history. He needs a little more history. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. No, I don't. You know, mean I right? understand that. He does. Yeah, Otani, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton. I could see Trump. that. I could see that line. Oh up. yeah, Stanton. I could see that line. Stanton
1: up. is just an amazing, amazing baseball player. He is the an, another Yankee oh. bust. That's the way I refer to him. Another Yankee bust, John. I'm sorry. Stanton. Hey, I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, that guy is—he's a stiff. As far
6: as I'm concerned, it's, well, it's, you know. it's it's I can't even pick up the paper. I can't watch the TV. You
2: know, and uh, Donaldson, that has, Donaldson is another guy, that. another yeah, stiff. He, he really, but is you know hysterical. something. It's
1: I equate some of those guys, like some of the players that are superstars in Colorado, and as soon as they leave that ballpark mm-hmm. and they go to other ballparks, they become mediocre at best.
2: Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but uh, if I go, you know, you go back with the Yankees. One of the things the Yankee teams, when they won all the uh, World Series and all, they always had good hitting, but they had outstanding pitching. Pitching, absolutely. Outstanding.
4: We have no relief pitching. We have no, like Cole goes six, seven, eight innings. You need a manager, too. Look, there's all kinds of stuff.
1: Listen, we've got to take a break. John, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you next week at the National. Ellen and I are going to be coming around. Okay. Uh, Looking forward to it, as always, man. And, again, you've been a great supporter uh, and sponsor of the show. And whatever we can ever do to help you, you know, you just have to pick up the phone. Yeah, don't tell me your booth number, please.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right,
1: gentlemen, I'll see you later. Take Take care. John John Tarby from JT Sports. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. When we come back... Uh
4: New Orleans yeah, Steve
1: man. has a book coming. Oh, he's got a book yeah, that's out.
4: It's funny. You always introduce me as New Orleans Steve. Is there like a Las Vegas Steve Lane that I don't no, know
1: No, it's about? New Orleans, or, baby. It's or, New Orleans Steve. Is there some other Steve Lane yeah. out there? I, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
7: <laughs> ...owned and operated online auction, specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades.
8: It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today.
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest. Because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices.
5: Hey, I'm Mike Petrocelli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petrocelli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetrucelliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petrucelli Marketing, where no dream is impossible.
2: Folks! Oh, Oh, sorry. Uh, Imprinted products, by the way, keep keep your brand in front of your customers. More than any other form of advertising. That's a fact. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petrocelli Marketing Group a call. <laughs> I know. At 800-264-4294 or go to their website at PetrocelliMKT.com. Now, you know, I'm on Social Security. No,
1: if you mention Rico's name. My kid just mentioned his a name. Company, if you live in he the wants- United States and you mention Rico's name, Rico will personally mail you a pen no matter where you live. <laughs> no, these are promotional products, and so there's a lot of competition, but I started
2: it for 10 years. I gave no, it to you're my a cheap bastard. What are you talking about? I, I don't even
1: have one thing for Petricelli marketing. See, Nothing.
2: This he gave me the... He, he bought I these paid shirts. for those. Yeah,
1: what? he... he Eight years ago. And a hat, too. <laughs> hey, by the way. But the kid is I have good. A sur- he I have he's a surpri- got
2: a great company. I have Please a surpri- go.
1: <laughs> I have a surprise for you for next week. Uh-oh. Another new shirt. And it didn't come from Petra Silly Mark. And he oh, was I sent- don't want it. It was sent to us as gifts. Oh, okay. It's a, it a freebie. All right, listen. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, JRI cards. Before we get back to Steve, and then we have Ray coming on, JRI cards. We go. Yeah, J-I-
2: uh, JR. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Jesus <God laughs> Christ.
1: J.R.I.
2: Cards, (laughs) it's your fault, you make me do it. Listen, folks, if you want to have an absolute blast at obtaining some great modern and vintage cards, you got to check out J.R.I. Cards. Our paisan, Charlie the Iron Ripper Perino, along with Money Marco, the Dollar Dollar Girls, and the J.R.I. Gang, give you the chance to participate in opening a graded, unopened and sealed fresh wax or cello, pack uh, of your favorite sport or non-sport. Who knows? You may wind up with a Mantle, a Jordan,
1: a Gretzky, or maybe even a Brady. You know something, Rico? It's pretty easy. You buy in, Charlie opens the pack, and you get a fresh fresh pack of cards. It's that simple. As a matter of fact, if you pull that special... <laughs> if you pull that special jewel, the guys at JRI <laughs> <laughs> cards... Ch- Charlie! Ch- Charlie's gonna shoot us. The guys at JRI Cards—we even have a great a few in the house—featured in the LA Times, ESPN, and USA Radio. JRI is the hottest card pulling show on the internet. What are you looking at?
4: I'm looking at two, Ch- gra- two graduates from the Evelyn Wood Speed. Ch-
1: Charlie store. and his staff make it fun. Entertaining and enjoyable with his collection of hats, sound effects, and yes, you may even see him wearing a leather helmet from Rico Petrocelli's days playing for Newt Rockney when he Mm -hmm. played football. And let's not forget that JRI (laughs) donates a part of their proceeds to various organizations. You know something, Charlie loves when we screw up. Trust me. Well, no, I'm just. Next uh, week
4: they're going to be reading the phone book.
1: Go to JRI cards. (laughs) And by the way, Charlie has a fifteen thousand dollar giveaway. At the, not at the National He's not going to be at the National But the day of the National From J.R.R. Cods, $15,000 yeah. in giveaways on his show So check it out Alright, before we bring in Ray uh, I want to talk about your book Okay uh, Why don't you tell us This book uh, you sent Hold us Ellen and I have had this book For quite a while Rico just got his copy wow, The book great. has done well It's in the Hall of Fame It's in the Baseball Hall of Fame Next to Next to your books Thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
4: And look, I want, I, first, I got to thank Ellen because she edited this book and made it readable. And <laughs> what am I, trop level? Uh, yes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, she, I know she spent weeks going through this, hours. I would get back drafts. It looked like hieroglyphics from, <laughs> from Indiana Jones because she made so many changes and she really went out of her way. And then I realized. One of the reasons she was making, you know, spending so much time on this book and helping me it was to s- not have to deal with you. Spend less time with me. Right, right. I mean, exactly. yeah, you, you know, Tom would call up and say, honey, I'm on my way home, what's for dinner? She, nah, <laughs> not, not tonight, I got about 10 more hours with Steve's book. So, thank you, Ellen.
1: No, it's a great book, Steve, yeah. just chock full of... Uh open up just open it up to some of the pages. I mean it's well, it, it you're gonna hold them up. Know. You the know the, what the, be, book looks the best way like. to
4: describe it really is it's a museum tour in a book. That that's that is I don't know if people can see this. I mean oh. I I have no clue what you can or can't see, but I mean the the I Bob Costas did a favorable review when he looked at it. Both of Mickey Mantle's sons did favorable reviews. In fact, the, the, the best quote I, I could ask for was from Danny Mantle who said in, in the book, I know my dad would have been very proud of this book and appreciative of Steve's collection. And all the profits from the book, if there are any, go to a Mantle family designated charity. I'm not making a penny off of this book. and I never intended to. Well, let to. me tell you
1: something. The reviews, people I've talked to, they have the book, love the book. The guys at the Hall of Fame love the book. They, they really do. and
2: <coughs> oh, there's Steve... Mantle and Ruth, you say those two comparable as far as uh, you know, people wanting po- for popularity, not well, for talent. No, no, I'm not okay. talking about talent. I'm talking about the the industry. People wanting to have stuff for Mantle and uh, and Ruth. I,
4: I would, would say, look, say? Mantle is the gold standard. Yes, I, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, I agree. obviously, he was not the best baseball player of all time, any more than. Arnold Palmer wasn't the best golfer of all time, Mm -hmm. or maybe Bobby Orr wasn't the greatest hockey player of all time, but their connection to the public was so great that they were so beloved. And Mantle was the game in the 50s and 60s. He was on the best team. You saw him the game of the week, you saw him every October. And that he was baseball in the 50s and yeah, oh, No doubt. All right, listen,
1: uh, by the way, that's the ugliest jacket I've ever seen.
4: Uh, oh, I'm, we- <laughs> I'm wearing this so that my daughter knows when she gets married in October on Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford's birthday in Boston. This is what I'm walking you <laughs> down the aisle My condolences, <laughs> honey,
1: my condolences. All right, let's bring in our good <laughs> friend. This guy has been a big, big, big supporter of the show since day one. So we thought that we would uh, ask him to come in because uh, I call him Guitar Ray, Guitar Ray Fonio. How are you, Raymond? Hi, Tom.
9: Hi, Hooray. Rico. How are you guys doing? today? Good.
1: Good. So, Ray, you have uh, uh, an event going on that uh, – mm-hmm. how many years have you been doing this now?
9: This is the sixth year in a row.
1: Why don't you tell us about it?
9: Yeah, it's uh, – when I created a concept idea in 2018, uh, I've created an idea of doing a baseball – a virtual baseball card Hall of Fame. I always wondered why Cooperstown didn't really have anything up until that point. I think they do now. Uh, But I started this in 18 where people could just go on and vote for whatever the cards they wanted. Uh, After a year, number three, it was growing so big that um, I brought in two friends of mine, Victor from the rookie card specialist and Mike, this baseball card life. Then we created our own committee, similar to like how the Veterans Committee does in, in Cooperstown. And we created a 40 card ballot where people could go on, vote for top their 10 picks and those cards will get in year to year. So whatever is left over, if there's 30 cards left over, they get rolled over. And then as a committee, we vote on replacing the 10 cards that got in. It's a fun idea. It's we're we're basically it's called the Sports Card Hall of Fame Network on YouTube or Facebook. And we're preserving and honoring hobby excellence, which is really what we do. So um, can you only vote once? Yeah, can only vote once and you can only vote. Now, I'm making sure the next year I'm including the 65 tops. Rico Petruselio on yeah, I was going stu- to stuff the ballot oh, box for sorry you, Sorry about that. <laughs> By the way, uh,
2: <clears throat> what's that shirt you have there?
9: Uh, Phillies. Phillies. You're not a yeah. Phillies fan, yeah, are you? He's Philly, Philly Ray, what are to- you kidding? Uh-huh. Today, I'm a Red Sox fan. Hey.
1: No, no. <laughs> hey, you know, I got to tell you something. We've got a couple of minutes left. I watched, Ellen and I have been watching the Jackie Robinson, the Ken Burns, Jackie Robinson, not the baseball, just yeah, on Jackie yeah. Robinson. Man, I'll tell you what, that Phillies team... The manager of the Phillies back then made oh, yeah. made Mr. Yawkey. With all due respect, I mean, uh, yeah, like I mean, they were they were horrible to that guy. It
9: was pretty bad. They were
1: really bad. really bad to Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how bad the Philly team was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dixie Walker, man, forget it. Oh yeah,
2: Dixie. Well, <laughs> the guys from you know they grew no. up from uh, the South, <laughs> and uh, it's it's sad. It's ridiculous. Really, human beings. All right, Ray.
1: So again, uh, what is the? Uh, how can people tune in?
9: Yeah, they can go to YouTube and look up the Sports Card Hall of Fame Network or Facebook. And the most recent video is titled, 2023 Baseball Card Card Hall of Fame Ballot. Watch the video. On the bottom of the video, there's a link that takes you to the ballot. And that's it. Awesome. Awesome. That's a great idea. All right, listen up, right? Okay, we got about 30 seconds. 30 seconds. If they want the book,
4: they can go to themickymantle.com. Or if they're at Cooperstown, now, buy Cooperstown. it in the bookstore. And this is, this is the best show I think you've had in years, not because I'm on it, but because two of the three people on the panel are from Brooklyn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> I listen, uh, to our viewers and listeners, I can't thank you enough. You guys have been phenomenal. Yes. Uh, the numbers, every week since we've moved to the new platform, getting bigger and bigger. National? People, people, are, people are really enjoying it. Oh, We're getting a Jesus. lot of emails, a lot of all that good stuff. Can't thank you guys enough. Remember, you're going to be great- at the National? Yeah. yeah. Tom will see you there. Great American Collectibles show Facebook page. The Tom Zappel of my personal Facebook page. We're asking people, please like us and follow us. Follow us and like us because it's really, really, really. Share it. Share the show. Share the show with even people you don't like. Share mm-hmm. the show. That's all we're asking. With that being said, thanks. Stephen, thank you. We love Steve, having you. you know, yes. I'll see you next you. week. Great to see you. Huh? You know, he's supposed to take me to lunch. He'll be in hiding. <laughs> he will be in hiding, guaranteed. I'll take you to Please. lunch. Please. Yeah. With that being said, thank you so much. We love you guys. Take care. And happy collecting.